is going on. It's JMW. It's Fresh X. And we are the International Professional Podcasters, the Hoopers. What's going on, players? So we've been at this podcast thing for a minute now, and I'm pretty sure y'all wondering, man, I don't know if I could be a podcaster, how much would it cost? But using the Anchor app is absolutely free. It's free and it's easy to do. You can record from your phone, you can record on your computer, even on your iPad or whatever you use. So it's super simple. Now you've got it set up, you know that you can do it. You're thinking, man, now how do I get listeners? How do I put it out there? Anchor also provides that for you, considering that they put you on different platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can't be international if people don't hear you. And they also set it up for you where you can make money off of your listeners, but no, no minimum listenership. So all you got to do, go to anchor.fm, download the app, and everything you need is right here. So it's us once again, the international professional podcaster, John W. And Fresh X. You the hoopers. Peace out, players. So if anybody's been on social media like we all are at the moment with what's going on, you see all the different um, people, artists, athletes, they all been going live and doing showcasing their talents or showcasing the uh, different stories that they have. So a cool live that uh, I watched a little bit, didn't watch the whole thing of, was uh, Carmelo and uh, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony and Dwayne Wade, they they went on live together, and I don't know if they were just asking each other questions or if it was a planned thing, but they were just on there talking about a bunch of different stuff, uh, like their banana boat trip and all that kind of stuff. But something that came up was uh, Mello, uh, excuse me, Dwayne Wade asked Mello about the 2003 draft, considering that they're uh, draft alumni. They're in the same draft. And um, he asked him about Darko Milicic. For y'all who don't know, Darko was the number two pick in that draft after LeBron James ahead of Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. He went number two. He was a seven-foot center from overseas. And I remember, I can literally remember, like, some of the press about Darko at the time. He was this mysterious guy. Nobody knew him. He was left-handed. He was tall. He was supposed to have some skill. Uh, kind of, in a sense, not comparing the players, but kind of like how Yao Ming, except Yao Ming was seven six. But you know, he you know he was a skilled overseas player, supposed to have a jump shot, supposed to have a bit of a mean streak that was going to help him in America, et cetera, et cetera. For you who don't know, Darko didn't work out, obviously, and Carmelo had a Hall of Fame career. So did Dwayne Wade, so was Chris Bosh, and maybe even a couple of other players from that two thousand three draft. LeBron James, definitely. Yeah, I didn't even have to mention LeBron. He went number one. <laughs> But um, so having the conversation, though, the whole thing around Darko, he didn't just get picked because he was this mysterious player, which that played into it. But Detroit, considering they already had a playoff ready team and they felt comfortable with their small forward at the time was Tayshaun Prince. Shout out to Tayshaun Prince. I love Tayshaun. Uh, he was a great defender out of Kentucky from, from Cali. He was great in Cali. Uh, he was in his second year, going into his second year. So they was like, we got Tayshaun. We got, you know, Ben, Wallace, Rib. We got a team, so let's develop this team. And at the time, did they have Rasheed yet? They wouldn't have had Rasheed yet. So, they would have um, gotten Rasheed over the summer, but their front court players would have been like Ben Wallace. No, they traded for Rasheed during the season. Yeah, during right? the season. But yeah. they would probably read him up during the summer because was he on like a one-year yeah, deal or something? Um, I think they read him up the next offseason. Sound about right. So, basically, but that front court would already have guys like Ben Wallace, uh, Mehmet Okor. Right, yeah, um, young, young Okor. Not Eldon Campbell. It was another veteran big man. It might have been Eldon. It might have been Eldon Campbell, Eldon. yeah. But either way, they had some veteran bigs, and it was like, but they didn't have a four solidified. So it was like, we're going to draft Darko, bring him in. 
he may be more of a project. And I feel like at the end of the day, they didn't want to throw off Tayshaun because they like Tayshaun and right. he fit with the team. So for sure. And that's just how at the time that's yeah. how you built your team because you built your team two ways in that generation in that era of basketball. You built it with good wing defenders and scores. So if you got to play the Lakers and Kobe is having a night. Or you build and you get a bunch enough big men just in case Shaq was having a night. Right. So every team, for the most part, was either built to play against the Lakers or the Spurs, who would have had Tim Duncan and some good creditors on the wing as well. Exactly. Because they, mind you, the Pistons beat the Lakers for the championship and they lost to the Spurs. Spurs, so, right. You know I mean, two, two, they both had dominating bigs or whatever. So you're right about that. And I think they were at a point, too, where they just didn't want to add like a – they was like, we'll take on the project because they knew they had a playoff team, I guess. But uh, so back to, you know, Melo said that if he, the Pistons obviously won that championship with Darko as a rookie. And Melo says that he feels like if he played with them, he would have won two to three championships. They won one. So it's safe to say one, cool. Two to three championships with the Pistons. You think that's a fair take? Is it a hot take? Is it a, does you get where you're coming from with yeah, that? Yeah, I honestly do. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but if you really look back after the Spurs won their championship and then what started dominating the playoffs and just the East in general, it was LeBron at the three, Wade at the two, um, just went just went Paul Pierce, Paul Pierce, MVP, Kobe, um, Kobe. It was just it turned from more. I know now we you know with space and pace and space point guard being able to shoot. Right. But then it was like you had to have right. a wing creator. Like, whether right. he's creating for himself in his <clears> own <throat> points or, you know, had to even look at how LeBron plays now. Right. That clearly started in that era where they're driving kick or you driving dish, dump it off to the big man. Because even with the Spurs, you know, they won one more with Tim Duncan as the finals MVP, but their next championship after that one, Tony, Tony Parker, Parker was. So he's not a wing, but he's driving dish. He's type right. Player, you know what I mean? so. He's create because it started to get to a situation where we're not going to create inside out to it. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to throw the ball down. Right. And then we're going to move the wing players around, and now we figure out something from there. It started right. Tony Parker. Shout out to Tony Parker because he probably should. Him and Steve Nash should get credit for this. Cause I know there was other great point guards, but they were inside-out point guards. We're going to throw the ball down, and then we're going to go from there. And with that, with, and Tony Parker wasn't even your traditional passing point guard. So right. right, that as well. That. Like He wasn't the scorer, but he wasn't the 9-10 assist guy. Yeah, he, he was. Tony Parker was 19-6, 19-7, 18-7. Yeah. But he, create so much, he would create so much because you couldn't stick with him off the pick and roll because it was like, Remember at one point it was like, well, you couldn't just go under it because he was too quick off right. the he was too quick off the dribble. Then got to a point where, well, you can't go under because he don't mind getting to the elbow to shoot the shot. Right, his mid range was deadly, and Pop purposely ran plays to get him to that mid range. So yeah, on um, Parker. But uh, well, I was saying too with the Melo thing. Yeah, back, with, to, like, back back like, Melo. Um, but so I think you, go ahead, go ahead. But no, I think what he says is some you know it's it's some truth to that because I always say if. They they stunted their growth because when you look at them, they went to one they they won a championship that year, went to one more, and then they kind of fizzled out. They just kept going, going to the Eastern Conference, and because the end of the day, Rasheed was leaving his prime at the time. Ben Wallace was never a scorer. Chauncey was a great player, but he was uh he he was a great player, but he needed somebody else. I feel like you know put him in position, he could win it for you. Richard Hamilton had his limitations. He just came off of picks. He was really great at it. He was an All Star player, but he had his limitations. And I felt like Melo. Not getting mellow cut another 10 years off of the, the Pistons, Pistons run. run. Right, because absolutely. Ain't my day. <laughs> they like you yeah. say, because 
just think about it. When the run, ten when years, pe- easy. people, people, when people huh. thought the run was over, is when LeBron went crazy on them in the conference finals in 07. Right. Um, Paul Pierce eliminated them in the, the next uh, year. The next, that was the next year. I believe so. I mean, they won the championship the next year. Okay, so, so <laughs> Paul Pierce put them. Then yeah, Boston Celtics big three putting them out in the conference finals the next year. Then, even with the Magic, because uh, I believe they lost to the Magic, they had Turkaloo, a, a 3-4 that was handling the ball. No, they, 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 no, they didn't lose no, they, him, they, 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 they never Just a team that gave them problems, yeah, though. Yeah, but, right, a team, another team that would have. And, honestly, I believe they do play the Magic in the playoffs anytime during that time span. They probably would lose because you don't have a 3 or even a perimeter-oriented 4 that can go at Rashad Lewis and Hito Turkaloo. And I – Especially by then, because she would have been gone, or Ben would have been gone. Uh-huh. So you still would have been. So Dwight Howard never. probably would have been. Um, shout out to Jason Maxfield, um, Antonio McDice, Chris Webber, all those players that tried to come in and uh-huh. replace some of those front court players. But Dwight Howard would have had his way with those guys. They weren't right. young enough or athletic enough for to play with him. But in, even still, in around that time, though, of course, we all know Melo. He was making the playoffs consistently, 26, 28, 25 points a game. And by the end of that Detroit run, like the real end, like say, uh, that's when Lamelo would have went to the conference finals with the Nuggets and him and Chauncey. So I really do feel like they cut off ten years I at least yeah. by not drafting Melo and by drafting Darko. Yeah, because you put because even still, if you only changing your um, your power forward and center, which is Rasheed and Ben, I know Rip eventually left and went to the Bulls. But even if you keep Rip, that's too that's so much spacing on the court because you do have to worry about Rip coming off those screens. So now imagine. You can get Melo to screen for him on the baseline. So now Melo, exactly. Melo has a mismatch because he has a smaller guard on him. And you still would have been able to develop your team overall because you would have been able to keep your veterans because you got the young dude, the young all star star player that's going to you know keep carrying y'all. And he even, took over that match as they score. Um, one thing with Chauncey, the year before, like I said, that was his second year when they won the championship. They were in the playoffs the year before. Um, was Chauncey their starting point guard that year? I believe well, that would have been his first year. His first year with them? Yeah. But he remember, he got hurt in the playoffs, Tayshaun, yeah. which was what put the world on notice of Tayshaun Prince because mm-hmm. they just like, you know, fuck it. You, we know you can do it. We're going to play you as a starting point guard. Yeah, he, he got to handle the ball a good amount for them. So so even still, you didn't even have to move Tayshaun Prince or reduce his role. Tayshaun Prince could have been – Iguodala in Golden State before we knew what an Iguodala in Golden State was. Well, because for sure he Without definitely was sh- versatile. And then even when, like, Rip kind of got older, I would have just moved Tayshaun in and you play Rip. I mean, you play Chauncey, Tayshaun, and Melo in a way because he would have been out there defending mainly, not out there for scoring. Right, right. And Melo would have been their primary scorer. Maybe you keep Ben Wallace. Like you say, Chris Webber come a few years later. So I think Detroit just kind of was feeling themselves because they were going to the playoffs. And remember, they went to, like – they went to like six straight uh, conference finals, it was but like six or eight. Yeah. Detroit has made the playoffs twice since that run is over. It, I think twice is a generous number, but I'm yeah, they, sure they they made it last year with Blake, and they made it one other year with Stan Van Gundy. That, with, uh, I think Brandon James was their star point guard that year, and that's or Reggie it. Jackson. I don't know, but yeah, that's it. So they made it twice since then. So and that goes to um I'll, before we you know get to intros and all that. Danny Ainge, take a look at Joe Dumars because Joe Dumars was the architect of those teams, and they did kind of get stagnant over the last couple of years. Yeah, he wasn't trying to do – he got comfortable with the team just because he knew they was going to compete. So, Danny Ainge, take those Joe Dumars lessons, especially because y'all was rivals while y'all, when y'all played as well, Boston and Detroit. And don't do the same thing he did. Don't get stagnant. Don't get complacent. Where you are. But y'all haven't won championship for that as well either, though. Yeah. And I think, too, just on Darko for a second – who his career averages, I mean, he ended up being at about, what, six points per game, six points, four rebounds. 
overseas centers and overseas players at the time just weren't really panning out for real. They the culture shock. They were soft. It is what it is. They were soft. The culture shock being in a new area. Um, and some of just yeah communication and some of them just overall weren't that good. They they at the time international basketball was good, but it's definitely not what it is today. The game has grown so much from then to now, just like it grew from the nineties to the two thousands. So you know players are more comfortable. There's more caps and stuff, so they get exposed to the American basketball a little more and stuff like that. So international players just weren't working out, especially top five picks. Maybe you catch somebody yeah. later in the draft, like how. Uh, you know, Manu was a later pick and several several players like that. But like these mysterious players like Darko, where it was no footage on them and the first time you see footage is when they working out for NBA teams or they in a gym and is nobody in there. Like they just didn't work out. So right. that was definitely a bad choice. Um at the time Detroit they won a championship so it looked good. It didn't matter, we, yeah. Right. But we just think about the overall their run because let's say they didn't draft Melo. Uh you need a four. Chris Bosch went five. What if Chris Bosch is the number two pick? That could help extend that run. Make, uh, you could have got Wade, I mean, for when – because also the problem with Detroit is they made the wrong decision who to trade. Like, they traded Chauncey and kept Rip, which I, I still to this day don't understand that decision. But um, I think Detroit uh, – I think Joe Dumars, who was their GM, he had one GM of the year, executive of the year and all that, et cetera, et cetera. They were winning, and he just thought that that formula was just going to get them back there, especially after they got one championship. You can't tell them nothing. So. Right, that also goes to the uh, front office over there at Golden State as well. Don't get complacent with where you at. Exactly. That's why you keep building the team. That's why I like that they trade for Wiggins. And you just got to keep rebuilding that team. Know what your core <laughs> is because Clay and Steph, to just on the Warriors, you know, they are in an age range where you can build with them. But the, the Pistons players, you know, they weren't old, but they, they, were, veteran they, they, they were veterans. Yeah, Chauncey had been in the league. He got drafted in 98. You know, Rasheed had been in the league. Um, Rip had been in the league a couple of years. He probably would have been. I mean, Tayshon would have been the youngest, but even sure even Ben Ben Wallace he had been in the league a couple of years because six. right because they had moved around. So you got these dudes and they already in year six, seven, eight. You know that that run at the time NBA players' of average career is ten years, thirteen years. So it's like these dudes ain't gonna be if your career's thirteen years in about three years. You know you're not gonna be dominating the same. Right. So. Uh, it would have been cool to see Melo with Detroit. He was obviously the second best player in that draft by far. It wasn't even close. Um, it was clear that LeBron was going to go number one because of Cleveland. But if Cleveland didn't have the number one pick, it it probably would have been slightly a little debate about who should have went number one because right. the highest thing Carmelo was held in, especially coming off that championship and everything. Right. So, mm-hmm. Cool cool history facts. I wish Melo would have played for the Pistons. It, it would have worked out for everybody. So. Right. And with that being said, I'm John W. It's Fresh X. We are the Hoopers. Darko was terrible. He was. Just a, he, didn't, he wasn't good anyway. Just to harp on that. His, his best year, Orlando, actually, 2006-2007. Nope. Nope, 2000, nope. Minnesota, 2008. He had 8.8 points. And, yep, that's right, 5.2 rebounds. Still more than Brooke Lopez. <laughs> Uh, so another week, another non NBA game being right. played. Can we get into the uh, just real quick? Let's get into the uh, just for a second. The kind of update on what they what they think is gonna happen. So Brian Windhorse, uh, LeBron's uh, official writer, he wrote about uh, he wrote a story about you know kind of the plan and how the NBA might follow China, the CBA. That's China's league's plan, and their plan is because the CBA. It's similar to the NBA in a way that 
the uh, their teams are spread out across China, while in some other leagues like Australia, they're pretty much all in the same city somewhat. Right. In the Euro League, they've been in the same area. While you know China's a big area, so they're spread out. So the travel is similar. Twenty teams. Well, I think Euro League has. I mean, uh, Australian League has about ten, et cetera, et cetera. So they have more teams to compare. So what China's plan is, they're gonna use two cities, I believe, two to three cities. Pick the warmer cities with lower cases. And they're gonna, you know, pick some hotels, put all the players and stuff in hotels, and they're gonna turn the games with um with no fans or whatever. And so potentially nothing has been worked out, nothing has been talked about, but not officially or completely, but the plan is to possibly quarantine and put players under a bubble. Pick two cities. I've heard as always Vegas thrown out because the NBA has this obsession with Vegas. I wish they would just put a team there and move on. But uh, Vegas is a spot, and then um, other locations haven't been disclosed yet. But the potential is picking two cities, pick two hotels where you can get the whole hotels and have games um, with no fans, obviously. I um, One of my ideas was just, just use practice gyms to bring out the cameras, and I thought LeBron even said that also. Um, what do you think about that idea of just, especially because they clearly they want to continue the season. They don't even want to just go to the playoffs. They want to finish these last 20 games. Hell, if worse, let's do 10, then go to the playoffs. So what do you think about almost like a college tournament style, summer league style? All right, look, we're going to be in Vegas and we're going to be in Orlando. Y'all go here. Y'all go here. These are y'all hotels. Nobody's in the gym. We're going to put us with cameras and we're going to play. I was actually talking to somebody about that a, like a week ago, like just basically do game delays and just come back and replay it at some point. But I don't have a problem with it. I actually think that if they want to continue the season now and not later, that's probably the right thing to do. Right. That's like 95% of the right thing to do because at some point, like I say, they can't go right to the playoffs. They've had almost yeah. three weeks off now. The last game was March 11th. It'll be April 1st in like a day or two, I think. I don't know. I'm not looking at the calendar anymore. Right. Every, every day is the same on the quarantine. <laughs> right. I'm not looking at the calendar anymore. But um, I don't have a problem with the no fans thing. It's almost – it's not the same thing. But remember, they tried the no music, the no entertainment factor yeah, thing yeah, at yeah, games. Yeah, at Madison Square Garden was the first place they did it. Yeah. Yeah. But I, if you want to play and you want the season to continue, that's what they got to do. got to thug through it. You just got to do it. I mean, I don't have – I wouldn't – I'm not in the NBA, so I can't say I don't have a problem with it. Exactly, but, but yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with it if I could put myself in their shoes for a couple games or two. I wouldn't have a problem with it because I just would just want to. At some point, you just want to play, right? Exactly, and I think that is the best option. I know the hold up, the the biggest hold up, because uh, well, Brian Winhurst said the story, so you can put your weight into this or not. But uh, one of the issues is LeBron, even though he's not the Players Association president or vice president. You know, he's been adamant about how he doesn't want to play in front of fans. Even though he did come out, like I just said, he came out when he was on, I believe it's Richard Jefferson and Channel Fry's podcast. He came out and said, let's just use the practice gym, throw those cameras, and let people watch. So I think he is more so on the fence of, all right, let's do it without the fans. But that's been the main holdup is all these players are saying, oh, there's no excitement without the fans. Which a percentage of that is true. It's, it's not the same. You know, the fans generate the money for the game. They generate excitement, anticipation, et cetera, et cetera. But the game is not about the fans. I, I hate to say that brutally. It's not about It's not about them. We need to finish the season. People need to play. And we're getting to a point where if games start getting canceled, 
players aren't getting their next check. Well, you know, it's not that that if, if the games don't get canceled. Oh, if right. The games, if the games don't get canceled and they the start canceling the and they start taking their checks. Right. Which I know. Owners don't know if they want to give right. players their neck. They're going to get their April 1st first check, check, even right. though we shouldn't be in their money, whatever. But they're going to give them their Basketball April 1st check, talk. but they probably won't <laughs> give them their April 15th check. And so, yeah. um, with that being said, no, I'm not a part of corporate America. No, I'm not a part of capitalism. But we don't talk about that here. I see the problem with that, but I also don't see the problem with that because I can't miss work and say, well, you know, I was scheduled to come, but I didn't come. So, you know, you got to pay me anyway. Right. Do we get to that? Does it get to that point? Because I think they're going to get some. I don't think they're just like, oh, no, we're not going to pay you. I think it's going to be like how they're cutting most of the executive paychecks. They're cutting their salaries. Yeah, You know, Philly tried to do that and uh, they got bullied into not cutting people's salaries. (laughs) Philly put out that they were going to briefly cut people's salaries and the internet wasn't having it. So, No, cut the salaries because what you're getting paid for and what you're doing right now, you're not doing anything right now. You can't, if they cancel the games, no, that's one thing. Like, I think if they cancel the games, pay them for the games you cancel. Even if it's not a whole check, pay them whatever. I think my only thing with the not paying is, at the end of the day, your contracts are guaranteed for the season. For sure. And y'all are making plans to come back. So I don't think players with guaranteed contracts should not receive their money. Um, If your contract isn't guaranteed, sorry. I don't think you should get paid if if y'all don't play. Um, Yeah, it's kind of that simple for me. But I think they're going to come to agreement with the Players Association. And at the end of the day, I think this is an opportunity to, if you, you know, do the quarantine games, offer offer free, free uh, like, TV, because they're already giving you league pass for free. So offer ways to stream the games for free to generate that buzz and right. make your money off the ads. ESPN, y'all got players live, I mean, going live on Instagram on the ESPN page. Live broadcast yeah, of, two, of 2K games. You know, Mikael Bridges and uh, Matisse Thibault, they did a 2K game broadcast That's live. That's why. Yeah. But, it was, yeah. It was sponsored by Philly, and um, they played it on the radio and everything. It was the first esports game to be on the radio. So, yeah, quarantine the games. Still have essential media, um, radio right. announcers, three cameramen. <laughs> three referees. Right, because at the end of the day, the cameramen aren't going to be right next to each other because they're all spread out. You got your three referees. They only come together through huddles. And by this time, they've already been tested. They're going to be tested. Cool, you can ref this game. You had a cameraman. You have the select media members that take the pictures. You have your announcers. That's it. I only think you need announcers more than you just need, like, the radio announcers. Cause well, because I mean, you know people gonna watch the game on TV, so you need you right. know my mic. You right, you right. You need right. them to call right. the game. You right, you right. But you don't need like see, the sideline reporter. That, but and, see, with that being said, that's mostly like you. So are you saying like Jeff Van Gundy then? As far as yeah, like okay, like okay, Mike okay, Green, okay, Jeff okay, Van Gundy, okay, okay, Mark Jackson, and then uh, we're in Vegas, so the radio host here is Ryan Cameron and this guy, and that's it. Okay, like nobody okay, else. Okay, yeah, I got you. We got five cameramen because this dude is I over here. I thought you were just that talking about like the guy that is on the PA now. Oh yeah, yeah, nah. See, they don't like need the, like the Detroit Pistons guys. Yeah, you know, we'll need right. Chelsea Billups. Yeah, you don't, you don't need them in there, but it'd be cool to have. I guess somebody could pick up a check, but you don't need them because they don't really matter at that point. So. There's a lot of options. We're far away from re- resolutions just to get, if you don't know, the the uh, we've been told the quarantine has been extended to April 30th. So 
Cause y'all won't stay in the house. Yeah, stay exactly. in the house. Like I seen somebody on Twitter throwing a pool party. This ain't that type of thing, but I saw that and I was like, "This is why we are on the quarantine." And I don't know what day it is. Exactly. I just know so, it's Monday. I do hope that they uh <laughs> just pick some locations. I say just do it and cause a hot place would be the best because uh and do it like you know, Vegas, South Texas, um, Miami. Miami. All the fans will get behind them. <laughs> I mean, all the players will get behind being in Miami. Yeah. So yeah, let's just let's just do that and. Let's get the games back on. So it's a chance that game to be back mid-May. Don't quote me on that, but that's what they're hoping to do. Yeah. Boom. But in other throwback news, since you know we've been doing, I think we've been on top of this. A player we want to bring up is um first. We're actually gonna bring up two different older players, but the first one is Darren Williams. For those who don't know, um, how good was he, Darren? Williams. How good was Darren Williams? For those who don't know, thank you for that. <laughs> Who don't know? Who aren't? Who aren't old enough to know? Darren Williams was a part of the 05 draft. Yeah. Uh, that so was, yeah, that's and right. so that draft, it was. A, I don't remember the, the entire draft, but I know the thing about that draft that stood out was that point guard. That was like the point guard draft. That was supposed to be the start of it. And the big three of that draft was um, Darren Williams, Chris Paul, and Raymond Felton. Best three point guards in America. Who all actually went back to back to back in that draft. Darren Williams going number three. Chris Paul going number four. Raymond Felton going number five. Was he, Raymond Felton, was the second draft pick of the Charlotte Bobcats history? Yep. Mecca before the year before. Yeah. Would have been the first. Yeah. But. Just to speak on how good Darren Williams was, before Chris Paul became the point guard, because point guards got smaller, more compact, healthier, even though Chris Paul wasn't necessarily healthy throughout his whole career, Darren Williams was looking like he was going to be the next best thing at point guard, especially with the system he was in, with Jerry Sloan being his coach, and it's like, well, we just go. Him and Carlos Boozer was going to be John Stockton and Carmelo, not on steroids, but souped up. Right. Because Darren Williams was not – Physically, physical skills. He was clearly better than John Stockton. I mean, six three, two hundred pounds. He was athletic. He was dunking on you, cross you up. He was faster than what he looked and seemed to be. Yeah, had a crap, really crafty game and everything. And Derrick Williams, especially early in their careers, um, when Chris Paul was really going through injuries, and Utah just was knocking, knocking out. Derrick Williams was considered the best point guard in the NBA. Yeah, they went to the conference finals that one year. Yep. Was that the 08 season? I believe it was. No, it would have been 07, 07. Really? We, be- yeah. we believe Warriors season when um, yeah, 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 Darren okay. Davis ended Karolinko's career. But Darren Williams could have been so much better. I think two things that played in the part of Darren Williams not being better was, one, him not wanting to play on the Jerry Sloan for whatever reason. Yeah. And, two. I think he got caught up in people saying he was a system player also. That is different. He, he, he actually got went on whatever. I don't remember what it was. After, he was like, he didn't like being called a system player. Yeah. But he got to Brooklyn and said he needed a system to be in. Right. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and then the other thing was his weight. Yep. Especially at, once he started getting hurt, he can't control his weight. Because it was always knees. Yeah. And when you carrying that extra little weight. Cause like Zion so he's 6'3", 200. But he was like a chubby he 200. Was, you know yeah, he was mean? a chubby so, 200. He wasn't a lean. Like, he wasn't a lean 200. He was a chubby 200. Right. So when his body started breaking down. And I'm going to throw one more thing out there also. Uh, with the injuries and, and the weight and stuff and then – one being the system, I just feel like he lost a lot of confidence once he went to New Jersey. Remember, he had that yeah, terrible game. Over eight and, night, yeah. yeah, and then Kobe was like, I'll never go over eight. I'm going to go over 48 before I go over eight. And, you know, people started saying, well, maybe he can't handle the pressure in New York. And I think that started to weigh on him a little bit. Yeah, that. 
But just strictly on and his because, game. And because, you know, remember, yeah. he was supposed to be, like, the founding for the... Because that's when they had just moved to Brooklyn. So oh, yeah. He was supposed, he was supposed to be... To be yeah. He was supposed, he, to be, he, he supposed to be what KD and... Him and Joe Johnson, yeah. yeah. And then they added, because then, then they yeah, added Paul Pierce and uh, Brooke Lopez. Yeah. I always get them two mixed up. And uh, KG. KG. Yeah, so they were supposed to compete was with the Heat. on that team? He was, because he got yeah, traded initially. from Portland. Yeah, yeah initially he was. That's how Portland yeah. got Dane Lillard. Yep. So, but I would say Darren, obviously, his so his career averages 16 and 8. 16 and 8 for a guy after his last, let's say, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, his last seven years. Really were kind of lackluster compared to what he did earlier. Right. So to still have those numbers of 16 to 8, you know, 44% from the field, 35 from three, 82 from the free throw line, really shows how solid of a player he was. Um, I think what messed him up is just, like you say, getting his feelings about being called a system player, not really realizing what he had until it was gone, and then which they, most players, you know, have right. to a lot of players, right? And then you know, just the the injuries, the injuries just kind of worked into his psyche. So, but Darren was really good. Definitely was top. He was top two point guard during his time, and um, I think he was a player that deserved a lot of a lot of recognition for what he was doing. He was great at remember him at Illinois Ooh, his last year there to the championship. They, they their only loss. Was in the national championship to North Carolina, like so. And North Carolina was by far the best team in the country that year. Cool. He was the first point guard in the Big Ten to win Big Ten Player of the Year. No, he was the first person to lead us since back to back years. Uh-huh. Since like I don't remember who, but yeah. And I know he was the first point guard. I think he was first point guard to win Big Ten Player of the Year right. since Magic Johnson as well. Right. So everybody, do your research. Do your Googles. Go to YouTube. Let us know. Because Darren Williams also had a better crossover than people remember. Darren Williams he had a better game, period, if you remember. Like, he he really was sick. I mean, his peak, he's one just throwing out one of his better years. I'm going to go his la- just his last year in Utah. 21 points per game, 9.7 assists. He shot 34% from three, which would have been respectable back then, 45% from the field. The year before, he averaged 20 and 10. The year before that, 18 and 10. The year before that, 19 and 10. Like, the year after that, which I, I said the next year was his decline, which he kind of got hurt, he was 15 and 12. Well, no, that's the same year when he got traded. Oh, that is actually the, the same, same year. year. Yep, you're right, you're right. I wasn't so. looking at the numbers right. So, yeah, yeah, because he got traded in the middle of the season. That's correct. And once he went to um, once he went to New Jersey. Even his first full year, he only played 55 games because that was the lockout short season. Yep, 21 and 8. So, the decline really just started, they like I said, once they moved to Brooklyn, he got hurt. He had that. I just really think that ter- he had that terrible game. And once Kobe was like, I'll never go over eight. <laughs> it was like Kobe was shaming him, R.I.P. Kobe. And he just couldn't handle it no more. So, but uh, do your research. YouTube Darren Williams. Check out him in Utah. Check him out at Illinois. Just check him out, period. If LeBron would have got Darren Williams a little bit early, he could have helped him win that championship. Remember, he ended his career in Cleveland, and he was – a shell of himself. Yeah, he was done. Then he was done. And but just real quick on him too. Remember the the debate with him at the time was New Jersey or Dallas because he was from Dallas and he should have went to Dallas. And then after it didn't work out in New Jersey, he tried to go back to Dallas and then Dallas was like, oh, "We don't want you no more." <laughs> so with that being said, this is a note to all future play, to future NBA players or future basketball players when you try to make a decision, don't try to turn back the clock and make and remake a decision. DeAndre Jordan. 
Right. It's been down. it's other I mean, places. Even Dwight, uh, Dwight he Howell. ended up making it to New Jersey, Jersey after he didn't go, and then New Jersey he cut him. him. Yeah, so yeah. if you really want to go somewhere, just go. go. <laughs> just, just go. go. Because it, when you think about it, and you try to do it later. It, it's, it, it's not gonna only work. only place it has worked out so far is Melo in Portland because. It was Ben talks about Melo going to Portland. He even said on that live with Dwayne Wade that we talked about the opening show, Lala, his wife, was telling him four years before he signed, go, go to Portland. Just sign to Portland. They got a team that's built for you, well, that's built for this no, area. To listen to exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just playing. I'm not a sexist. But, and, and his, <laughs> wife, his wife told him to go to Portland. So that's the only one I've seen that's worked out you know, so far. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Go check out Darren Williams. For sure, check and out Darren Williams. Just to move on to the next one, another player y'all check out. Just the game, and specifically, yeah, I say the game the, particularly. Um, 1997 NBA All Star Game. If you don't know, that was the year of the uh, 50 greatest players when they were all named. So it was a historic weekend period, 50th anniversary of the NBA, and it was all capped off by an amazing game by the All Star MVP at the time was Glenn Rice. He was the all-star MVP of that game with 26 points in the game. And he just really, for one, he was having a stupid season. 26.8 points per game that year for the Charlotte Hornets. Go look up Glenn Rice. I believe he was shooting 47% from from the three-point line. Glenn Rice was just on a tear that year. And the game, you know, uh, I just wanted to show him some love and tell everybody, you know, watch that game because – it was so much his history going on. And it was some players missing from the game. Shaq didn't play. Barkley didn't play. David Robinson. But the wings were out there. Jordan was there. Penny played. Grant Hill was there. Scottie Pippen was there. Shot Terrell Brandon. He was out there. Sports uh, Illustrated. Best point guard. Right. In the in America. And uh, that's just back when the All-Star game, like from the start, you could see how serious people was taking the game. And, you know, people are hooping, but they, they're, they're just hooping, period. So they're playing a little defense, a little offense. And Glenn got hot. And, you know, when you're amongst the best, anybody can have that night because that's why y'all all there, and it was Glenn Knight, and he, he said, hey, this is my chance to get all-star MVP. And sometimes you just having that year. And another note on that night, that was when they went back to wearing their own individual team jerseys yep, as well. They, they definitely did, which I think since we're just Team LeBron, Team this, we should go back to that now and maybe just put – they did actually did just put the all-star patch on the jersey. I get it for the apparel sales. Because the jerseys this year was fine. Because we got we got to make – you got to make money. But, yeah. you know, so that's the hope. I think they should sell an all-star jersey but let the players play in their own individual jerseys. Yeah, I agree with that. I think we should just go back to that for a minute until we're ready to uh, switch up the all-star game. But again, so. I just want to stick. Definitely go watch yeah. that game. I had to download it. I got it on my hard drive right now. That game is amazing. Don't but don't that sue whole, me for that. That whole <laughs> that whole year in general was just. I think that was just a good year in general. Crazy. Well, I'll tell you, um, Spreewell numbers for Spreewell was there. Shout out to Charles Spreewell. I think he was averaging twenty four. Like twenty four and eight. Five, like twenty four, <laughs> yeah. eight rebounds and four assists <laughs> yeah. or something. Um, Eddie Jones led league in steals that year. Eddie Jones was a beast. Um, Jordan had just. That would have been his second. That would have been second full year back. Yeah, at the time that would have been uh you know people thought Grant Hill was the heir apparent to Michael Jordan. Um, he he definitely was a fan favorite and he was putting up the numbers also. So that was a good. That really was a underrated game. I feel like it was a great, really great game. Really great players in that game too. That's even the All Star game that Christian Leitner made it to mm-hmm. from a year that he was having a Shout great year, eighteen Leitner. points per game. So. I think, uh, you know, that's a good game. That game is actually on YouTube. Go to YouTube and just look up the 1997 NBA All-Star game. 
Glenn Rice was your MVP. Penny had a great game that game also. Um, but that's that's a game to watch. You know, Tim Hardaway, Chris Webber, um, Gary Payton. Gary Payton was Gary Payton was throwing down. Sean Kemp, Malone. Sean Kemp was throwing down. Right. Like Elijah Wan, Spreewell, Mitch Richmond. Whew. You know, Tom Gugliotta. That, I believe that was Garnett's first All-Star so, game. Yeah, because yeah, that was his second, second year in the league. league. Yeah. So he was the youngest All-Star. Had been, he, at the time, he would have been the youngest All-Star player ever. Yeah, so um, if you ever get a chance, that's a good throwback game to watch. Van Baker. Yep, Van Baker. And even some players that y'all don't know. Chris Gatling, Tom Gugliotta, Detler Shrimp. Because we know y'all don't know all them players. Yeah, y'all don't know I, them. Just yeah. a real quick on Vin Baker, because I don't think a lot of people understand or he know what. He was trash. Now I was just playing. Vin Baker was, he was really good. He but was really underrated. He was, and he also, he went to the University of Hartford. Yep. I don't think we look at U, the University of Hartford. Not he, Harvard, but Hartford. Hartford. He's probably the only player in the history of the league from the University of Hartford. Ivy League, I'm, right? I'm, yeah. University of Hartford, Ivy League? I believe it is. Let's check and see. This is not something you hear about. Right, and I'm pretty sure he's the the only player like from Hartford. Hartford, though. But Van Baker was, and you know what? He was one of those players too that was, uh, you know, he wasn't that highly, obviously, wasn't that highly touted. But he came in the league and made an instant impact for uh, for he was on Seattle uh, right. at the time. Well, now he's been in Milwaukee now, but then after the Sean Kemp, after Sean Kemp left, went to Cleveland. Yeah, you're right. I'm tripping. He was in he was in Milwaukee, then he uh, went to uh, Seattle. So. University of Hartford Ivy League. We'll get back to y'all on that. Um, what else we got? Is it? I'm not sure. It will come back maybe a later date on the y'all. But I do want to just uh, oh, so I was looking at something the other day and I thought this was a funny thing. Um, the 61-62 MVP race uh-huh. that has to be one of the Craziest, one of the best MVP races ever. I'm not in the saying people got cheat, got robbed out of MVP because nobody gets robbed out of anything in a professional sport. Uh-huh. But Bill Russell was the MVP that year. He, he averaged 18 points and 23 rebounds, if I remember my numbers correctly. Um, Wilt Chamberlain, that was the year Wilt Chamberlain averaged 50 and 25. Wait, uh, Bill Russell, yeah, 18.9 points, 23.6 rebounds. Will Chamberlain, 50, 50 points, 25, 25 rebounds. Oscar Robinson. He was second. Oscar Robinson was third. 30. 30, 12, and 11. First, the first recorded because I think people need to get it straight. Oscar Robinson averaged seven triple doubles before the first one became official. I just want to throw that out there. But the first recorded triple double season, 30, 12, and 11. Damn, I didn't notice Elgin Baylor, 38, 38 and 18. 18. And basically Jeez. five assists. Jerry West, 30, set, 30 points, eight, eight assists, five rebounds. Uh, Pettit, 31 points, 18 rebounds. Richie Guerin, I got to look him up now. I, yeah, two, I don't even know who two, that is. What position does he even play? He played for the Knicks, uh, 29, 6, and 6. Clearly, he's probably a 3. Bob Cousy, 28. No, 15. No, 15, three assists, seven rebounds. He wasn't even that good at passing. No, seven assists. Seven, seven assists, assists, three rebounds. Why were you talking yeah, about that? Yeah, I was about to say, he ain't a good passer. But, <laughs> <laughs> but just look at that. Oh, I'm looking up Richard uh, Guerin real quick. He was a shooting guard, actually. Okay, okay. well, why he's doing that, if you really think, think about how crazy that is. Listen to those numbers. So, once again, Bill Russell, who won the MVP award, 61-62 MVP season. Bill Oscar Russell. was 23 at the time. Sheesh. Bill Russell's 27, 25. And that also goes into another thing that I want people to let go of. 
great players come and they go. They you could be great at any age. Like I say, Oscar was twenty three, averaging a triple double. Wilt was twenty five, averaging twenty five, and averaging fifty and twenty five. <laughs> like Jerry West was twenty three. Twenty three, because Jerry West and Oscar. That we're gonna get into that in the next show. That's a great battle that people don't know about. You know, they came in around the same time or whatever, and uh. I definitely want to dive into Jerry, Jerry West versus Oscar Robson. Another day. Another day. But just the numbers that these players are putting up. How can you, you can say that maybe Wilt or Oscar or Elgin Baylor or Jerry West or Bob Pettit or Richie <laughs> Gerard. Everybody Bob, said Bob, Bob Cousy, Cousy deserved to be any one of them could have been MVP. But to say that Wilt or Oscar was robbed of the MVP, I can't totally agree. Because even though their numbers are better, Bill Russell still did. I think they won 49, 50 no, games. 60. 60. They, won 60, they won 60 games that year. Yeah, 60 How can 22. you argue with 19 and 24 points and rebounds on a, with a 60-win team? I'm, right. just, I'm just rounding up. Well, I mean, you should. 18.9, 23.6. Especially 18.9. Yeah. And then four and a half assists. Like, Yeah, that that's kind of big. Um, and then, like I said, just – the winning always play a part into it. So it's like, all right, everybody's having these great years. He's averaging 18 and 23. You know, I'm, I'm not really mad at him winning the MVP. Um, let's see. First place votes. It looked like he won He won it pretty easily, yeah, too. He got, he, yeah, he got the most first place Oof. votes. And then he, he, yeah, points, period, to win. He had 297. Wilt was second with 152. So and I think that and it to... doesn't show his, his dominating defensive stats also. Um, other than his rebounds, uh, which is twenty steals and blocks, wasn't a real category. Exactly. Game. So, you you really don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just gonna guess, but I would assume Bill Russell averaged about six blocks that year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just 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 to keep it funky. Yeah, to keep it all around. He, yeah, I, I know he averaged between four to six blocks. I'm mm-hmm. gonna go four to six. So, four to six blocks is a lot. The current block leader probably averages three, maybe two and a half. So. And I know that Will averaged about – I mean, that Bill averaged about four blocks that year. All right. So, probably um, averaged, probably averaged two steals to go on top of that. That's probably the – the. I mean, his, his what's his career blocks? I don't think blocks was a stat at all his whole career. It wasn't. So, you would never even really truly know his defensive impact. For real. You got to go back and watch the other games. But I think that's probably the best MVP race in NBA history. Numbers – the numbers wise, we'll never see these kind of numbers again. Never, never, and not even just like obviously nobody's gonna average fifty, but we're not gonna get to how you average thirty eight and you don't lead the league in scoring. Whatever, but <laughs> we're not even gonna get to a year where it's like all right, this dude's averaging like the MVP race this year is Giannis and LeBron because people are going gonna just put LeBron there, so it is what it is. LeBron's averaging what twenty four and eleven, twenty five and eleven. Giannis averaging thirty and twelve. The next MVP candidate is probably gonna be Luca. And, James you know, Harden. He got a better record. Yeah, better record. So. James Harden's at 30, 30. He's at about, what, 36 now? 36, 37, the yeah. The numbers start to drop. So, uh, the numbers won't even just be comparable because after you get through, like, two or three players. Yeah, in 34 this year. 34? Damn, that's a big drop. I mean, he's having 39 at one point, 38. Yeah, yeah James Harden's at 34.4 points. So, but for a dude to average 50 and 25 – and lose by almost 
a hundred points, over a hundred right, points. He didn't even get the look. Didn't even get the second most first place votes. First triple double in history while shooting forty seven percent from the field, eighty percent from from uh, three. And this Oscar I'm talking about, he had the same. I don't follow these numbers like that, but he averaged more win shares than Bill Russell, meaning he was more important to his team. Wilt averaged the most win shares. Um, so, but to average 30, 12, 11 on 80% from the, from the free throw line, 40% from the field. And then, like I say, honestly, I probably gave Elden Baylor the MVP at 38 and 18. Because the Lakers would have finished first in the West. Um, the, Cincinnati, Oscar Robson, would have finished second. Damn, the Lakers had two players averaging 30. I just realized that. That's crazy. So they probably was trading votes also. Like, that plays a part in it, I think. That's also um, a topic for another day that we're going to bring up. Yeah, especially because that's being um, disregarded. It's always been disregarded with LeBron when you really think about it, but I'm not going to get into that today um, because it's clear they want him to have more MVPs so he can beat Jordan at something. But, yeah, he got more points, though. Yeah, he do got more points than him, but no one might care about that. We all know Jordan's the better scorer, so you might statistically have more points, but nobody ever thinks that he's a better scorer. You're right. But if you ever get a chance and you can ever see some old footage, I'm just putting people on stuff today because what else are you doing? Go back and just YouTube some highlights from that season. YouTube some games from that year. That would have been the year Wilt scored 100. Like you said, Oscar averaged a triple-double. Elgin Baylor was averaging 38 and 18. Bob Pettit, who I'm sure some of y'all don't even know, Shout out to Bob Pettit. Atlanta Hawks legend. Well, yep. Hawks, Hawks legend. legend. Seattle Hawks. I mean, St. St. Louis, Louis Hawks, Hawks, excuse me. But <gasps> that jersey's in the Raptors at the at the Highlight Factory. Um, Bob Pettit. Yeah, Highlight Factory. I don't care if they changed the name to State Farm. It's still <laughs> the Highlight Factory. Um, <laughs> but Bob Pettit averaged 31 and 18. I mean. You don't get much better than 31 and 18. He will be the MVP this year. Those are for, we always hear the Giannis is averaging numbers we haven't seen before. Those are Giannis's numbers. He's averaging better numbers than Giannis. Giannis averages about thirty points right now, right? Yeah, and thirty, he, like thirty and thirteen. I won't even give him that many rebounds, but you're I'm probably sure, correct. I'm sure it's you, you're more than likely correct. Okay, twenty nine point six yeah. and thirteen point seven rebounds. He's averaging thirty and eighteen, and um, Giannis is averaging what five assists, five point eight assists. And Bob Pettit at the time would have been averaging three point seven, and that's when centers weren't passing like that for us. So three point seven, yes. I think it's a good number. If he played today, he'd probably be averaging about five assists a game. So, shout out to the sixty one sixty two MVP year. That was huh, great. And actually, Bill Russell won back to back. He won MVP in um uh, sixty sixty one. He won sixty sixty one. He won sixty one sixty two. Wait, Bill Russell won three straight MVPs? What the hell is going on? Yeah, he won three straight MVPs. Mm. I didn't realize that. Mm. Never realized that to right now. Never. That he won three straight MVPs. He's still not the best player of all time. Not at all. <laughs> Them probably his only MVPs. <laughs> Which no, we, actually, Bill Russell got five MVPs? I didn't know that. This is, I did not know that before right now. He so, has five MVPs. Wow. Hmm. Still not the best, best player of all time. time. But, Which we will probably get never get into a discussion too, but we might bring that up one day because we don't get into the best player of whatever, whatever. We don't got to because it ain't a debate over here. It's Jordan and then anybody else. I'm not mad at your your uh at 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 your list. Jordan is number one, and then after that you can go Kobe, you can go LeBron, you can go Bill Russell, you can go Kareem, you can say Magic, you can say Oscar, Will, Will Larry Bird, Elgin Baylor. It don't matter. After Jordan, it's all debatable. So. 
And with that being said, before we get out of here, I just want to say if Glenn Rice was playing today, he would average 40 points. He would definitely be shooting 58% <laughs> from the three-point line. <laughs> so just just No, I think for, for real, though, I think that, that, that 26 number, that wouldn't have been just one season. Because you got to think. That wouldn't have um, just been the one-season thing. No, because you got to think. I think for most of his career, he averaged about four or five threes. And he never – only one season, two seasons, he shot under 30 – Three, my bad. Three seasons. He had three seasons where he shot under thirty four percent. I get credit for his rookie year because he played his rookie year, but I'm not counting his last season with the Clippers. I'm pretty sure people don't even remember him playing. With exactly, the but I, I just say because he he shot like seventeen percent. He played eighteen games. He retired, so uh, he did have the year. He shot twenty eight in Houston. He was hurt most of that year. He played twenty, 20 games. games. I, yeah, I knew that just from looking at the numbers. So. But other than that, if we just want to go down his the line real quick. Glenn Rice averaged 18 for his career. Like, he's, he's really kind of underrated. 18, 45% from the field, 40% from three, 84 from the free throw line. If he played today, he he's 25. Easy. If he averaged 40. Who would stop him? I mean, he was just six seven small forward. Right. Nobody would stop him. Yeah. Glenn Rice used to – funny, one of the best stories I've ever heard about Glenn Rice. He used to um, – for y'all who don't know, because a lot of y'all don't know who Glenn Rice is, but Glenn Rice practicing. He all, he had sex with Sarah Palin at the um, <laughs> NCAA tournament, March Madness history for y'all, mm-hmm. but don't worry about that. But Glenn Rice used to practice shooting jump shots in the dark. He did, yeah. that Yeah, that is one of those. That's a fact. That's a big fact. Because guess what? The rim never moves. Exactly. So, shout out to Glenn Rice. Look up some Glenn Rice highlights. That's what y'all should do with your day-to-day. Look up Glenn Rice. But no, you're not gonna find the Sarah Palin thing anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm John W. His fresh. <laughs> we are the Hooper. <laughs>